everyone, and welcome back to HOA, It's a True Story. Today, we're speaking with Jesse Brown. He's an urban forest specialist with A-plus trees. We've had A-plus on our podcast in the past, and we always welcome their participation. They are definitely in the forefront of tree care trends. So we're speaking with them today about how to deal with your trees during this crazy winter we've been having. Thank you for joining us today, Jesse, and welcome to HOA It's a True Story. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into tree care to begin with? Well, I've always been interested in trees. I graduated from college with a degree in environmental sciences in 2018, and I've been working in the industry pretty much ever since then. I started off as a park ranger for the city. And after that, when I left the park service, I went and worked for a tree and perennial nursery for a little while in the sales department. And that's really where I cut my teeth on trees. Did that for a couple of years. Then I found my way to A plus tree and I've been doing it ever since. Very nice. Well, let's jump right in and talk a little bit about this extremely long winter. Before I forget, also joining us today is Bill Mann from GD Group. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Reagan. This has been a very unusual winter. It's been not just wet, but we've been getting an extreme amount of saturation. What should managers look out for with their trees on the property with this kind of ground saturation? Well, whenever there's a decent break in the weather, it's always good to go out and check your trees. A lot of the times, you know, it's not just the rain that we get hit with, but it's also the high winds. And the winds are oftentimes one of the things that causes the most damage to our trees, to our property and what have you. One of the best things that you can look for is if the tree is starting to uproot at all, or if it's starting to lean a little bit more than it has in the past, that's a good sign that you should have a tree care professional come out and take a look at it. When you say uproot, you mean where the roots, like you can see them more exposed? Oh, yes, yes. Not not necessarily more (laughs) exposed, but you can definitely see like, for example, most of our clients have trees planted in lawn areas. And you can physically see the lawn starting to uplift a little bit on the side opposite the lean of the tree. I'm a little worried. I actually have that in my yard. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that. I know sometimes you can even see where the root ball, the soil starts breaking around the entire root ball. You mentioned the combination of high winds and a lot of rain being the real deadly combination or the perfect storm for losing trees, right? Mm -hmm. In between the storms, they can go out and look at this. But what specifically can they do about that? Just call you and have you come out and look? Is there anything you guys can do in between storms? Yeah, there's a couple of things. In between storms, if you find a tree that's starting to lean a little bit, especially if it's a younger tree, feel free to try to brace it if you can. A little bit of bracing goes a long way and it'll allow itself the time to kind of re-anchor itself. Compact the soil a little bit, incorporate lodge poles for support and kind of tie the tree into the place that you're wanting it to. For a larger specimen tree, it's often more difficult to correct that kind of situation. Most of the time with a larger tree, I would recommend having a a tree care professional come out and make the recommendation on whether to treat the tree, whether that's through general tree care and pruning, plant health care services, which is nutrition-based treatments, or if we just need to remove and replace the tree. I noticed after a couple of our storms, there were 
a ton of trees down everywhere and, and roads yeah. and some of the areas that I really noticed though were the older communities, right? Where the trees are, have been around. It, you would think that the older trees would be a little more stable because they're more root bound, but is that not the case? It's rather difficult to say. I would actually say that older trees have weathered these kinds of weather patterns longer. And, you know, trees do have a lifespan. And sometimes it's the really old trees that just get sent over the edge. And, you know, all it takes is a couple years of dry weather and then a year of heavy wet weather to, to really bring it down. So. So you mentioned dry weather, since we've just come out of several years of dry weather, how right. much of, how much of effect of this tree losses because of root systems and stuff have, have dramatically changed because of the drought we just went wow. through? I would argue that that's probably a primary cause of a lot of our tree loss because the drought combined with the sudden onset of extremely wet weather changes the structure of the soil. And it doesn't matter if the tree has the best root system of any tree in the world. If it's, if it's exposed to, you know, the perfect storm of factors that can send it from standing up straight to laying on the ground, then that's what it's going to do. And some of that is probably just large branch loss, not always losing the entire tree. Sure. But you can lose big, heavy branches as well. And sometimes that comes from improper pruning practices from previous years. If you don't remove hazardous branches while they're young or things like that, it, it can cause a problem later on down the road. So we know that the drought was big and kind of created some problems. And then we get this really wet winter. What is a typical kind of tree program that you guys do that you think these HOAs should be doing annually? I would recommend having, like you said, having a tree care expert come out and assess your property once a year. Usually just from one visit, we can make enough recommendations to get you through this year and come up with a plan for you to manage your trees in the coming years. Is some of the tree management remove and replacement or is it just pruning? I think that sometimes that you know, people get confused that you just mentioned that trees have kind of a useful life. Discussing before we started, we talked about replacing, you know, some of the more ornamental trees with more natural native trees. Is that something an association should look at long term? I think so. I think it would just benefit the state and the communities that we live in to encourage more California native plants to be planted in our urban landscape rather than trying to incorporate a lot of exotic ornamentals that may look very stunning, but may not have the effect of a native tree in the urban landscape. Okay, so you go out, you give them a report. How do you do this reporting when you go out there? Well, we've come a long way from paper maps. You know, a lot of the times <laughs> back in the day, you know, I'm sure there would be a couple of guys arguing over a set of blueprints on someone's <laughs> truck hood. With, the, with their Thomas gun <laughs> exactly. tucked in. Exactly. So now our, our system is completely digital. We go out, we take photos of the trees. We do a complete inventory of the property to make sure that we have every tree on the list and we can come up with a management plan for years to come. So when you come back, let's say you do it this year and then you come back in a year or even two years to begin again, 
are you referencing back to the photos of those original trees or do you start all over? Oh yeah, yeah. So the, the photos from the original inventory and each sequential year after that is incredibly important so that myself and my colleagues are able to look at the conditions of the trees to see if they're thriving or if they're declining or if they just haven't grown at all. So this is something they should do every year. I know a lot of managers and boards are going to say, it seems like it's very expensive to do that. Maybe we could just have our landscaper come out and clean up since he's already here and we're already paying him. What is the problem with doing that? Every contract with homeowners associations and multifamilies are different. Some landscapers are contracted to do five to six feet. Others are contracted to do up to 15 feet. And uh, normally their contract is things like broken branches or clearance from the building, clearance from the sidewalks and pathways, things like that. This can be a problem, though, because a lot of landscapers are not familiar with the proper arboriculture practices for pruning. So they, they just hack something off and then it doesn't ever grow back. They could. You know, it, we run into it a lot. But other times, some landscapers have tree division that is pretty knowledgeable and they, they do fair work. They need to not just rely on the landscaper. They need to come in and get an arborist evaluation. And then they should budget during the off season. Budget season is typically has to get passed in the fall. We see some starting them pretty early these days, right, Bill? Like in July even. Yeah, I was going to so, say they're starting earlier these years. So, Do you guys do complimentary budgetary numbers to help? Oh, yes. Yes, we do. And not just ourselves, but I mean, it's a fairly common practice to just have a tree care specialist come out and assess the trees and... I mean, for my company, we're happy to build uh, completely complimentary proposals for budgeting purposes or for emergency services, things like that. Can you do some of the major work during winter or does it all have to be during off season? You can do pruning pretty much any time of year. There are certain trees that benefit more from pruning services throughout specific seasons of the year. But for the most part, yeah, you can do pruning in whichever whichever season. Jess, you made a, a comment, and since I'm going to be speaking on storm stuff here in a couple of days at Echo, uh, about emergency services. So if you're signed up with your tree program, is that kind of one of the services you offer to your clients as emergency services if they have issues with trees? Yeah, yeah, we do. We offer emergency services, non-emergency services, and regular proposals to be built as well. So the difference between them is a normal proposal would just be whenever we're available, we'll come out and set up a proposal for annual tree care for you. Whereas emergency services means we'll come out there right away and do an assessment for you. And we can most of the time have a crew sent out to take care of the emergency same day or first thing the following day. I imagine tree care specialists are pretty much in the same boat as us in construction. And that is that you can't send somebody out there in the middle of a storm to go work on a tree that someone's worried about it falling over tonight. And you've got you know, torrential down, you got the atmospheric river happening, right? Right. Safety is always a number one priority. And you guys follow all of the OSHA and Cal OSHA requirements for safety. Of course, of course. Okay. Now here's a question and don't be offended by it because I, I know we have kind of an oddball side of this, but is there a 
cheap season to do tree work, you know, where it's going to be a little bit more of a bargain than other times of year? I actually have thought about this myself. And if I were to make my opinion on it, I would say that the fall and winter would probably be the better bang for your buck. Yeah, um, And that's specifically because in the fall and winter, a lot of deciduous trees have already shed their leaves. Good so mm -hmm. there's less material for us to be working with in the canopy. Mm -hmm. And it also has its own benefit that the climbers who are making the cuts in the tree, they can see the structure that they're shaping for the following season. A oh, that makes bit, sense. A little bit better. There's a little bit less debris that you're working with, so that's a little bit cheaper. And I think that we're able to make more effective cuts, which would probably make the cost come down a little bit as well. Bill, you had brought up insurance a little bit ago about whether or not landscapers had the correct insurance. I mean, obviously, like Jesse mentioned, some of them have their own in-house tree care department, so they would certainly be covered. But yeah, you want to be careful. I think, you know, boards that are out, especially self-managed boards that are hiring, you know, licensed and insured tree companies when they come out because, you know, things can happen when you're, especially if you're removing large trees. So you want to make sure that they've got the proper insurance to deal with large trees. I want to switch gears for a minute. What happens if a tree does come down? Well, the one thing that the insurance companies, it's not just trees, it's sewer systems, everything. They're asking for your maintenance plan right up front. Where's your maintenance plan? And if they don't have a maintenance plan or the trees haven't been maintained, we're seeing a lot of denials of coverage by a lot of carriers saying really? it's, you know, it was poor maintenance that wasn't maintained, whether it's, you know, they weren't hydrogenating sewer lines or pruning their trees. And so they're asking for receipts and or programs. So your tree program is kind of one of those things that should be a Bible for an association, especially if they have a large urban forest. I think after this winter, a lot of people will be paying closer attention to that, making sure that they have some kind of maintenance plan. Do you guys, once you've walked a property, do you create that whole plan and give it to the board for their? No, only by request usually uh, for the maintenance plans. We'll do the annual proposal that we'll recommend for that year that we're walking. Mm -hmm. But if the board would like to see a maintenance plan for- you So know, that's next a little week, different. Right, it's a little bit more time intensive for us. So the specialist or the arborist who's walking and, and bidding the work will take a little bit more time to make the recommendations on when to prune. If you're going to prune this tree in 2023, when's the next time we should be looking at this tree for another pruning? Stage? Okay. So Bill, would that, if they put together a proposal to come out and do a property walk and a property recommendation for cleanup and, and tree work, would that be enough, do you think, to suffice? Well, they'd have to do the work. Yeah, I mean, if they did it, right? <laughs> but just because, it, matter of fact, if they get a proposal that work needs to be done and they don't do it, they might be in a little more trouble. So. Absolutely. You know, my associate, Mola Association had privately maintained street trees and every street tree was tagged with a number. And you could just go online to the little program they have and they'd say, next year your tree will be pruned. It, you know, gave all the breakdown, all the tree maintenance and photos and was great, so... That's pretty nice. I mean, I know a lot of municipalities, especially around South Bay, that leave the pruning of the street trees up to the residents of that street. Um, and it's very important that you know your, you know which municipality you're a part of and how they manage their street trees. 
Yeah, that's true. Or if you're an HOA and you suddenly find out that your trees right at your lot line are not part of common area or something like that. It's sort of like the sewer laterals. Who owns them? <laughs> Who owns it and where does it start? <laughs> exactly. So it's a good point you made, Jesse, that everybody should know what their responsibility is, both for their HOA and for their community and what the city is taking responsibility for. Well, the name of the podcast is HOA, It's a True Story. Do you have a story about tree care that you want to share? I do. I do. You know, just this past January with, you know, the first of the year storms that we had <laughs> ravaging the, the Bay Area and most of California, we were called for emergency after emergency, right? And <laughs> one of the clients that we had had called us and said, you know, very frantically that we needed to send a crew right away to come clean up the, uh, the debris that had fallen out of some of their trees into their, into their front yards. And so we asked them to send us a photo of the, of the scope of the work that we were to be doing. And they had sent us a photo of a tree branch that was only about maybe a foot to a foot and a half long that had fallen out of a tree and it didn't hit anything. It just landed in their driveway. And they were, we were about to mobilize a four-man crew with a, <laughs> a bucket with a bucket truck and everything. It would have been, you know, crazy amounts of overkill, of, of overkill to get this to get this work done when realistically a landscaper could have done <laughs> any of that work. And on the opposite side of that spectrum, we get guys calling us in January going, Hey, you know, whenever you get to it, can you come out and take a look at this? And they have a redwood that has completely taken out their living room and part of their foyer. <laughs> We're like, um, you know, you could constitute this as an emergency. And some of these guys are just, yeah, you know, whenever you get to it. So that's a really good point that we should make for this podcast, that if you are inquiring for services, whether emergency or even regular service calls, they should try to give some photos. If there's something that is down, they should give as much information about the purpose of the visit or call so that you guys actually know what you're going out to look at. Right. And yeah, the, that's a really good point. I'm glad you made that point. Yeah, we have the same problem with leak calls. <laughs> <laughs> I can it's only imagine. Leak. It's a little leak. Well, the whole downstairs is flooded, but it's a little leak. <laughs> I, I had one of those, you know, tell them, well, if I put a measuring cup under the drip, how fast will it fill up the, me oh, we'll never fill up the measuring cup, but we need to come out right away. And then you have the other one, well, how much water is in your living room? Well, my sofa's floating. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's true. That's awesome. Well, Jesse, thank you for joining us today. It was really informative, especially with the amount of crazy weather we've been having. And if anybody would like to reach out, are you guys national now? I know they've been expanding. We are expanding. We are not at a national level yet, but we have offices mm -hmm. up and down the West Coast from Seattle down to San Diego. Fantastic. And, and we're starting to branch out towards the East a little bit. And we do have an office in Salt Lake City and Ogden area. Okay. Well, if somebody would like to reach out to A Plus for more information on tree care and urban forest management, feel free to find them on their website at www.aplustree.com. Perfect. And if you want to reach out to us directly, you can get us at inquiry at gbgroupinc.com.
www.thelifeofdrmichelle.com and we'll be happy to pass along any information. So if you have something you're interested in, let us know and we'll see you next time.